Welcome back to More Than Running. I'm your host, Dana Giordano, and this week's guest is Natasha Rogers. You might have already heard me talk to Natasha with Chris Chavez on the couch at Hayward Field on Sidious Mags after the final lap, where we interviewed a bunch of athletes this past weekend at the Prefontaine Classic in Eugene. I wanted Natasha to come on though because her story is too good. In 2012, Natasha came second at the Olympic trials in the 10K, and I know what you're thinking, doesn't top three make the team? Unfortunately, Natasha did not have the qualifying standard and she was unable to go, even though she beat Shalane Flanagan and uh, just a devastating blow. It's been about 10 years later, Natasha has switched coaching situations and has now been with Hanson's for the past four years. She lives and trains in Denver, Colorado and makes training camps up in Michigan with the rest of the Hanson's team. In this episode, we'll learn more about Natasha's mindset and how she got to be a competitive, driven, motivated version of herself that had the confidence to make a world championship team. I've known Natasha since 2014, where she was briefly training in Hanover, New Hampshire, and I wanted to get into her head of where she finds her drive, her motivation, and her personal style if you've ever seen her rocking some sunglasses. It's a really fun episode and gets you to know Natasha a little bit more before you'll be seeing her not only at the World Championships in the 10K, but sooner than that at the US Championships at the end of June back at Hayward Field, Summer of Hayward. Here we go. And welcome, Natasha, to More Than Running. This weekend, June 4th and 5th, The Run Show is coming to Chicago. This week's sponsor is The Run Show. And it's an exciting new expo that's been described as the Comic-Con for runners. They have incredible inspirational speakers such as Carl Lewis, Dean Carnassus, The Mervinator, Sally McRae, and lots more. And we have 500 free tickets worth $15 each to give away if you go to runshowusa.com using code MOREThan to check out the full program and book tickets for yourself and your running pals. So if you're in Chicago, you don't have weekend plans, Check out the run show and tell them I sent you. Welcome back to More Than Running. This week's guest is Natasha Rogers. Joining me, not in person this time, unfortunately, this time over Zoom to talk about all things making the U.S. Championship 10K team this summer at the at Worlds and so much more. Natasha and I met all the way back in, oof, I can't even tell you what year that was, 2014, maybe, Natasha had a brief training yeah. in Hanover, New Hampshire, where I was going to Dartmouth at the time. So we've known each other for a while, and there's been a lot of change in those past 10 years, which we'll get into in this episode. But without further ado, welcome, Natasha. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Where are you right now? I am in Denver, Colorado. I didn't even realize that you could see my cat painting right there. <laughs> um, I'm home for once, which is kind of rare these days. Um, Denver, Colorado, but I do training stints all around. Um, but these next few weeks going into the 5K champs, I will be here in Denver. How long have you lived in Denver for? I'm a Denver native, so I grew up in a suburb uh, south of Denver and then um, went to school to Texas moved up to the Northeast for a while and then moved back here in Denver for the past, I think it's like five to 
No, it's like six to seven years now. I'm getting old. So, so it's, truly, <laughs> it's truly home in every sense. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I love it here. Well, I'm going to kick things off with the most exciting news. And that was you making the 10K team. You caught Natasha on the couch after the final lap on, on Sidious Mag. So we did a YouTube live show. But, you know, we're in clean clothes now. We're not freezing after the race. How has the past couple of days been? Today is June 1st. We're recording this on Global Running Day. It's only fitting. Um, so I I have this, like, bad habit after races, especially, like, really overwhelming ones. I kind of slump back. Like, I really have no option but to, like, like sleep in and, like, rest and like just sit down and maybe even I took a day off of running and just been running easy mostly this week but still just kind of processing and um like resetting I feel like that's really important for me to do um at this point in my career is like reset uh, like a couple times throughout the season um which is like you know, we think we got to go, go, go the whole time, but like, it's really important for me to just like kind of reset so I can mentally and physically stay in it. (laughs) I really love that because I think sometimes, you know, the next question out of everyone's mouth is, okay, how are you going to train from worlds? And you're sitting there, I didn't even know I was going to make this team. How could I possibly have a next plan? Exactly. A lot of people have asked me like, what my tactics will be at Worlds. And I'm like, I have not even thought about that at all. Cause like, I didn't want to get too ahead of myself. And I, now that I've made the team, I can think about it, but it's kind of scary to think about. <laughs> so I want to recap the race a little bit for people. Hopefully everyone caught it, but I know it was a little hard to see on TV with the subscriptions and all of that. I'd love to break down the race. So you ran the 10K that was won by Kirsch Schweitzer. Alicia Monson was second. But the real race was kind of in this back pack for the race for third, where there was about five or six women, including yourself, of course, Emily Infeld. What was going through your mind during the 10K? And you notoriously said you don't like the 10K. So at what point did the race feel like it was really on for you? Was it after 5K? Where did you feel like, all right, the race has started now. So it was basically when Alicia made her move um, and the pace just turned so hot. Like they, they negative splitted like hardcore. Um, you ran a 15 minute second 5k or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, you know, I think I could do that with them or like, you know, be close. But it was just way too risky to pull that. And I knew that right away. Um, So that's when the race started for me. I was like, okay, I'm letting them go. And I have to get that next spot. Um, But I even took the lead with seven laps to go. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to waste any energy because, like, I'm going to need to be able to kick. And then so I let Weenie take it again. And then with 800 to go, I was like, this, this pace is too slow. I know I can push it now, um, narrow it out a little bit. And then Emily was the only one to really come with. 
and um I just feel really like honored to run by her side because she's an incredible talent and racer and she's proven that over and over again so to be able to basically be neck and neck for the last hundred yards uh was just a surreal very cool moment for me um and I was just able to like dig a little bit deeper Emily is the most recent American to medal in the 10k at the world championships. Did you guys talk to each other after the race? Everything went down or kind of just that finish line. So delirious. You guys went your separate ways. We definitely hugged at, um, near the finish line and like just made eye contact and like, it was like, that was like good racing and uh, just a mutual respect and, we didn't have a chance to actually talk yet because like media and like all that starts pulling you around. But um, like we, I think we've like grown to appreciate each other more this season because we've been running into each other a lot more often. Um, so just respecting a fellow competitor and, you know, keeping it light. She always keeps it light. Like there's some people who are super serious before a race mm-hmm. and like, there's some people who will be like, Hey, like, this is scary. <laughs> Where do you fall in that spectrum of seriousness to playfulness? I'm always, I realize that if I'm serious, I'm probably going to run poorly. And I probably talked to way too many people before. <laughs> I probably talked to you before a race. <laughs> But where, where do you kind of fall into that? Because sometimes they see you and you've got like the stunner shades on business mode, headphones on, is that kind of, you're locked in? Um, I honestly get kind of stupid like before races. Like I like can't even think straight half the time. So I'm just like, I don't know, like an airhead before a race, but uh, yeah, it's really important for me to like stay focused. And I even, um, you know, I'll do the first half of my warm up with my teammates in the second half alone, because like, I feel like I just have to get my thoughts straight before a race. Um, but I, you know, I like to keep it lighthearted too with my competitors and like make jokes and, uh, just like make it a little more fun instead of just like this intensity. Cause it's already intense enough as it is, <laughs> you know? So you and Emily kind of have been on the circuit for a, a fair amount of time now, obviously having very different paths of making teams and things like that. You've had success across the board, but many ups and downs in the sport. So is Emily as well. Was there any time in the past 10 years that you thought you were done with running? Yes, absolutely. Um, The biggest one was when I like physically couldn't run and uh, like, that's completely out of your control. Like you, your body's not cooperating. And that was like the, probably the biggest one. Um, You know, there's been other times where I've just like, maybe I'm not, maybe I just can't do this anymore. I'm not good enough. Um, Like getting frustrated with like poor racing and stuff. But, you know, in in the back of my head, I'm always like, I'm done. I'm going to keep doing this. But uh, when my knees gave out on me and then 
uh, some things went wrong, like with my body, that was, that was a scary and dark time. Um, but I accepted it and like found other ways to live. It was really important to like find other layers to myself, uh, which I think all runners like should be forced to do at points in their life um, or in their careers. What do you mean by layers? I think we all kind of have different definitions of what that means to us. Is that for you with people, hobbies, activities? What does that look like? I know you spent this season a little bit differently than most where you took a trip down to a friend's wedding. I think one thing you said to us on the couch was like, I'm not missing that anymore. Um, is that one of the layers that you're speaking to? Yeah, just like different facets of your identity because it's super easy to get solely identified in this and like, you know, all your social media platforms are Natasha the Runner, Natasha the Runner, but like that's all very, you know, it's it's not long lasting and it's temporary and even this uh, career and this passion is, going to be temporary in my life um like forcing myself through travel and like you know digging deep to find other passions um to add more to my identity is like super important for my well-being um but it's challenging and it's hard to to do that can you speak to any what of what those other passions have been for you lately um yeah, so one passion um, that I know could like almost be even with running and I need to definitely pursue more is Ooh. writing. Okay. Yes, my degree is in like journalism um, and like communications and like I really learned that I was like good at writing um, during that time and um, even like creative writing and just things like that I love that and I'm like kind of a nerd with that so mm -hmm. that um and then like what else I don't have many other passions I mean you don't have to have any other passions that's so what where did the writing come back into play obviously you got your degree journalism is kind of a strict form of writing where there's a lot of we always say Insidious Mag is like, we're, we're not journalists because we're just interviewing people. We're not getting the sources, all the other sides. Is your writing something that you eventually want published or is it just journaling or is it creative writing? Like I, I want to learn more about Natasha, the writer. Um, I do love like the structured form of journalism and um, the power of like words and the effect on the audience. I, I love the power of like how putting words together um, in a certain way can have in a certain effect that like is very far reaching. And um, yes, I do hope to start publishing things. I need to put more energy into it. Um, I struggle with that. Like I, I'm all, either all in or all out. And that's why it's hard for me to develop these other passions in my life because I have to be like a hundred percent in it. Um, but I need to prepare for life after running. And I definitely would like love to pursue some sort of like published writing, um, 
and like you know maybe even put a book out there not about myself but like would it be about running at all or would it be totally separate about other things um I do have writer's block with this uh question because I would love to run about or run about writing I would love to write about running um but that it's gonna be hard and I think I might need to like stop running professionally in order to be able to do that mm-hmm. um but it would be cool to like um share like the beauty of running through writing I think that's definitely a challenge that I've tried to navigate is when when you're passionate about running and you have it's hard to put your full self into something and reflect on it in the way you need to to publish it and I, I experienced that with us with this podcast actually when I was competing as well the podcast became when I was competing to you know make a team against the people I was like I don't want to interview the people I'm trying to to race again so that's too hard yeah so, kind of took a step away for a second yeah I I actually did think about that because um like that would be an interesting like reaching out and like you're going to compete against them. So, um, but you, you seem to do it very well. And like, I think that it it just adds a different like dynamic to the podcast world and running like all together. Like you, you do it yourself and you know, oh, thank you. Well, and you're like friends with everybody. <laughs> and so, <laughs> When you're ready to write, the door is open if you ever do want to write uh, the publication for for us, because I think having the diverse perspective, too, of there's been a lot more content coming out recently of people just sharing their authentic experiences. And something you mentioned before we kind of hopped on was, you know, at one point you did take a full time job for a little bit of time and then realize that wasn't for you. How do you, when you're making these decisions about your life and what's working and doesn't work for you, do you know immediately or does it take you a little bit of time to understand um, what the best situation is? Because I think that's something as you get further down your career and running or in life in general that people get better at, but I'd love to learn a little bit more about your decision-making processes for finding the best training environment. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. (laughs) It's, uh, been evolving, um, like younger in my career. I, I'm a very independent person and, um, like the team, like living with your team, doing everything with your team, um, eat, sleep, run, eat, sleep, run. That didn't work for me when I was younger. Um, but as I'm getting older, like I'm finding that doing everything alone all the time is like not the best environment. Like you get in your head a lot. It's just things start to like feel harder um, to like do on your own, like a crazy hard workout. Like, <laughs> so I've been putting a lot more time into training since and being around people who have to do the same things as me so it doesn't feel as like you know lonely um and like it just kind of keeps you going uh so 
I think just an ever changing um, relationship with your needs um, and just like listening because it, it will change. Um, and like going with the flow is like my new motto. Because <laughs> I like it. I seem like I seem really chill to people, but like there's a lot going on up there. <laughs> and like sometimes I'll like resist the flow of things and then that causes like a lot of friction in my life so I'm, I've been just trying to like go with the flow a little bit better <laughs> so you've definitely created your own flow and you're a member of the Hanson's Brooks team obviously the team is not based in Denver Colorado so I'd love to learn about how the situation of being coached by um, Hanson's came about and your situation where you live in Denver, but had to Michigan to do some training stints. So I think that sometimes that's confusing to people of, you know, where people live and train and, but it speaks to you finding this level of balance and independence. Yeah. Um, I got really lucky with the Hansons. Um, you know, I was out of the sport. I was working a corporate job and like, I had a lot of proving myself to do, um, to be taken seriously back in this sport. And, uh, I needed an opportunity. Like I needed an olive branch, you know, (laughs) and, um, Kevin and Keith were the only people to really take a chance on me at that time. And, uh, like they, I was really lucky too, with the fact that they just accept who I am. And they were like, willing to let me live in Denver instead of in Michigan and um, make that easy transition back into running instead of like uprooting my life and like, you know, just putting all of my eggs into that basket again. Like I definitely had to have an easy transition back in. So yeah. And then now, now I'm with them for like almost four years, like going on my fourth year. Yeah, I mean, time flies. I think the pandemic threw my timeline off of this. Right? I know. Um, Yeah, I I definitely spend more time in Michigan now. And like, I don't mind it. Like, it's it's good for me to go there. And like, every time I leave, I come back more fit. Um, Because those girls, they they keep me on a schedule. And I really struggle with that here at home. (laughs) The Hansons tweeted that you were their first athlete to make an outdoor track team ever. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't really realize that until like, yeah, I forgot who told me that after the race, but I do feel like awesome about that and to bring like, you know, track the long distance on the track um, and add that to the Hansons resume. So um, yeah, it's awesome. That means Kevin have been able to get me to finally work and like get back on that podium. The Hansons are kind of known for their marathoning. Does that come up a lot of, okay, when's it going to happen? And I feel like there's a little bit of, you know, you proved, you proved yourself on the track this season. You know, you wanted the sound running me getting the world championship standard obviously made this team. So seems like your relationship with the track isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, there has been a little bit of talk, not necessarily from Kevin or Keith, um, but just like, you know, my agent 
and race directors and um, a lot of just people ask me if I'm going to head that direction. But, and like, I, I entertained that idea this past year. Um, Cause like there's, there's some good money in the marathon. <laughs> um, You're like, but, oh, that first time appearance fee sounds pretty good right now. Yeah. <laughs> but like, to be honest, I think I'm really going to struggle with marathon training. Um, it takes that type A personality. And uh, the more I thought about leaving, like to do the marathon, I think that's the better I got at track because I, I just love the intensity of track. Like it's, I'm going to miss that. Like I want to milk it out as long as I can. Well, now I don't think anyone can make you leave for a little while because, you know, 2024 isn't that far away. Yeah, I think we did talk about maybe having the option between the marathon or the track um, for the for the Olympics, but we'll see. I'm not going to live my life for the Olympics anymore. I made that decision after this last one. So I'm just going to do whatever I feel like in the present moment. It took you till 2021 to decide that you weren't going to live for the Olympic cycle. I feel like... Yeah. This goes a little way back because I want to give everyone the context that you got second at the Olympic trials in 2012 when you were still in college, pretty unheard of, but didn't have the championship standard. And they went pretty far back down the list. Obviously, super painful. 2016, 2021. Honestly, in 2012, I was a senior in high school, so I don't even know this full story from your point of view. Did you understand how at that moment when you got second? Did you understand kind of what had happened because you had made such great strides in the 10K, you know, dropping huge chunks of time leading to the trials? What did that feel like? Um, so in 2012, I think I just, that came like as a complete shock. Um, I really didn't know what I was capable of, but my fire that year was like insane. Like I was, driven to be like the best version of myself at that time um but yeah like three olympic cycles later and you know i let that chip right on my shoulder for a really long time and i don't think that was a good way for me to live uh, and it took like nine years um to really come around to that like realize that um because it, it was like a heartbreak and it's a lot of years to invest and the stars really have to align. Like there has to be that layer of luck. It, it just does. And um, you can do everything. You can sell your life to it and you still won't like the stars won't align. And so for me, it's more about, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, like going with the flow and um, just having a present relationship with, with, your running experience. Do you feel like other people kind of forgot about 2012? Well, it was something that you were living with over a certain number of years. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's people, you know, that don't know my name in the sport still. I like, uh, that was my whole identity and, um, like people forget about it. Like people forget about last year's Olympics and, um, yeah, it's not just like all important, like 
accolade that will like change your whole life. Like, I just don't want to see it that way anymore. <laughs> you know? What are, so if you were to, you know, you've got many years ahead of you, but what are kind of some of the things you think about with what you want to accomplish before moving on to the next stage of your career beyond running? Do you think about that? Or are you more of a short-term mindset? Um, I want to, yeah, I think about it. Um, I definitely now that I'm 31, cause it's like, don't have too much time. Um, but hey, you know what? Des proved us wrong. Shalane proved us wrong. Kiara, Sarah Hall, like women are breaking American records at 37 and 38 years old. So, I mean, if I'm lucky, I, I could have another seven years out of this. And um, I, I want to make several more teams. I want to travel the world and race around the world. And um, I want to move up to the marathon at some point and do something really special in the marathon, um, which, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, but we'll see. <laughs> do, you, do you have a location in mind when you see yourself doing a marathon? I know you said you're a world traveler and there's some pretty good marathons all around the world. So what are kind of your, bucket list marathons uh i would love to do one in japan um like england or paris or like literally anywhere to be honest um maybe somewhere in australia Ooh. i don't care yeah <laughs> sign me up <laughs> you're like put me on a plane i'm there yeah so are you um, bummed that worlds are in the U.S. because you don't get to travel? I actually, like, I hate to say that, but I was a little bit um, before making the team. I was like, this is the best shot I've had in a while. And it's, like, going to be in Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've been here how many times? So many times. like, I, And every time it's just so there's something about the same. I love it there, but like, I almost like dreaded it. It's just so intense. And like, yeah, I, there's a lot of history there for me, which it will make it special. And like, I've definitely seeing it differently after making the team because it's, I'm going to have so much advantage, like being on home turf. And um, I think it'll take a layer of stress out for me for sure. You'll know where to warm up around the cemetery. You'll know where to eat food. You'll know where your fans are sitting. Yes. Yeah. And just like, you know, picking up the energy of like my former versions of myself and everything it took to get there. Cause I I've raced there. The best day coming through like a cathartic shedding of all the, I see a version of like every race you've done there and all of you at the same time going around the track. Yes. I like how you put that a cathartic shred shedding. <laughs> That's what, what it will be. What was your previous best memory at Hayward Field? Um, definitely the the trials, uh, twenty twelve, and uh, just you know, barely beating Ashley Flanagan and being a little junior in college, and uh, I just. I really felt like 
an out of body experience there. <laughs> it was cool. Um, so probably that one, all the other times I haven't raced like that great. Like last year I was seventh at the Olympics, which was good, but like it was heartbreaking. So like it, it didn't feel good. Um, and yeah, all the other times were super intense um, as well. <laughs> Summer is upon us, which means earlier and earlier morning runs. So that begs the question, what to eat for breakfast? Well, my personal favorite is Kyuku. Kyuku is a shake that's easily digestible, is plant-based and features 16 superfoods. You can drink Kyuku on its own or you can adapt it to whatever morning shake or smoothie you like. I think it's rather delicious and it keeps me full and sustained throughout the day to make sure I don't have flavor fatigue and I can fuel my body immediately after a run. If you want to try Kyuku out for yourself and you're not sure about the flavor, head to thefeed.com backslash more than running for two free samples. That's thefeed.com slash more than running for two free samples. Let's see what you can create. Tag us at more than running pod on Instagram to share your Kyuku smoothie creations. I'll be sharing mine there soon. All right, let's go back to the 10K because I can't step away from it. I'm like, okay, ask for other questions about beyond this, but it's still so exciting. And I, I hope you feel that it's just as exciting for you because this only happened a couple of days ago. It's not even been a week. Where do you find that fire and grit? And I love how you embrace it and it shows in your face because I also run ugly and just get the grit going. There was... If I was to look at you guys both going down the finish line, it was neck and neck until that last five steps where I honestly feel like something within you pushed you to the line and you could really read that and feel that. What was going through your head on that final straightaway next to Emily? Did you even register that it was Emily or are you just like, I am going? I definitely knew it was Emily. Um I that's funny that you say that because looking back at those pictures it looked like I had been like exercised like there was this demon coming out of me and there's even like a picture of like after I finished the or crossed the finish line like it looked like the demon had like come out of my body he was like oh we're gone (laughs) yeah um I don't know what that was to be honest it, it was like this narrow tunnel vision and I saw it slip away there for a second and like it was just this decision in my entire body that was like no (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna take this spot and um yeah it felt like something kind of had taken over me for sure (laughs) yeah it really looked as if you were not going to give it to anyone else. And in a way, I feel like that's different than flow state where you can almost see yourself running, which is what you kind of described in 2012. Yeah. So this one was very internal versus kind of that. I, Cause I know what you're talking about and I hope some of the listeners know what they're talking about, where you have the best run ever. You feel like you're floating. You look at the time and you're like, oh, I did that. That wasn't even hard, but this one looked hard. Yes. 
yeah. It, the way you described that was beautiful. You should be a writer as well. No, um, only. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yes, it was, it was more of an internal thing. And um, like from my core. And so like, you can't always channel that either. And it's really like, I've finished a lot of races where you let it go and it, it feels like, you know, 85% of you wasn't able to physically do it, but there was that 25% that like, is like, I, I let it go. Like I mentally let it go. And that's the worst feeling. Um, but it's hard to, you know, overcome that. And you obviously, you obviously have to have the preparation there, um, which that was what I worked on really hard this entire season was keeping it simple, stop being so mentally, like making everything more mentally hard and um, just like prepare. And that's just focus on how you can prepare for the moments like that. If you were to give someone else advice, you know, a younger athlete who's earlier in their career, how to practice finding every ounce of yourself in your race, because I think a lot of us feel like when we finish, it's not that the race didn't go well. It's that we all know that there's more there. And it sounds like you've figured out now how to give everything you have to the racing. What would you say to a younger athlete of how to mentally and physically think about getting to that point? Um, stop forcing so much. We like, and that sounds like almost counterproductive to what you're saying there, but like, naturally, like if you're a good athlete, you're going to push, 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 force, 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 and you're going to be really good at that. Um, but that's not as that's not being as productive or efficient as you can be because you really things should feel at ease at most of the time. Like, yes, every hard workout is hard, but it's not like I'm pushing myself to the wall and like, I'm going to crash and burn mid season. Um, it's like, you know, not skipping steps and, um, it's not so much like, Oh, I figured it out. And like, I can just put all myself into a race. It's a daily like practice. And, so it's more of like changing your outlook on how that works. Um, it's, you know, it's not just like a secret key that you unlock the daily practice. Do you do any sort of meditation or mindfulness goal setting in your daily practice? That's a very yoga term you used. <laughs> um, I used to do a lot of that like heavy and um, I'm really good at that. Like I love that. Like I can really get deep into that, but it also was like a hindrance of mine last year going into the Olympic trials um, because I was just putting too much energy, like trying to manifest and Mm -hmm. um, like you kind of have to have like a give and take relationship with the universe. If we want to get real weird with it. Oh, I want to. like just more of a harmonious relationship where you let go of control. And I feel like when we're meditating, we we're unconsciously still trying to have control in our life. 
and so you're defeating what meditation actually is and it should it shouldn't be such a forced there's that word again forced thing and I just let it come a little more naturally like let it invite me to do that um I can get real weird with it (laughs) I I've I feel like I completely understand with that experience because there's been times where I've been injured and I've leaned a lot into the quote unquote little things or meditation and things like that. And I think it turns the screw in your head too tight because you think you control everything. And like you said, the force of having everything go your way. And you're like, if I just do everything right, then I'll be back and healthy soon enough. And you do forget about a certain level of the joy and the happiness. So while you were gritting your face out, I feel like I saw a version of you that was genuinely loving what you were doing. Like watching you in that pack of six women waiting to pounce, it looked like someone who was just having a really fun time in that race. (laughs) Well, that's awesome, but it looked like that. Um, I think that is mostly how I felt. Um, It just... Being able to go into a championship race confident is awesome because I was not confident last year and like it just sets you up for failure right away basically going against these women because you got to be on your A game with these women. Um, But like I went in confident and um, that that does make it a lot more fun. And yeah, I took a couple moments to just like glance up at the stadium and soak that feeling into because that's what I miss the most when I can't run is just being there like whether it goes good or bad like just being there is um, something I'm always gonna like cherish all right got a couple more questions for you and one of them I really wanted to ask was kind of about your personal style and swag because I feel like you always have the coolest things whether it's a necklace sunglasses something how do you feel like you're someone who's like okay I want to look good race good or is it that's just I mean you said you don't have a lot of hobbies honestly it feels like it must be one because you always show up to looking like the coolest one at the track so I don't feel like Shikari Richardson about it. Like, I, she the takes in a different level. category. So we have to just put them over there for now. And we'll have, that's on me for not getting more sprinters on the podcast. So I'm calling <laughs> myself out here. Just to get her on. <laughs> but yeah. no, I respect it. I'm like, she looks cool. But uh, I do like to, like, if you just met me in real life, like, I, I'm pretty. I'm just weird and I like weird things. I like to stand out and I've always like, or maybe it's not even that I like to stand out. I just like have a childish like way about dressing myself sometimes. <laughs> um, like I went into Hot Topic the other day and like bought. Hot Topic uh, like, still exists? They didn't go bankrupt? <laughs> what? They didn't go bankrupt yet? Oh, I guess not. But no. I I got these like really stupid necklaces. <laughs> I might wear one for my next race. Um, the sunglasses thing, though, I actually got sun damage in my eyeballs um, last year, 
and I had to get surgery like on my eye. Is that um, from running? Yeah, it's from like Colorado has really harsh sun. And then I was also, uh, I was also cross training in the pool a lot. So the reflection of the sun on the pool, like into my eyeballs. Um, I remember my eye hurt so bad last year. And I was like, basically the sun was causing damage to my eyeballs and uh, everything's fine now had to get surgery um but yeah sunglasses became my thing i will say that i copied el prayer because i think she's a badass um <laughs> but like i was like i need to get on the sunglasses game too because my eyes hurt from the sun <laughs> well we just have to get uh i think el ellie has the oakley sponsorship so i think that should be coming your way soon let's hope I am open to that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Fine. My last, my last question for you. I think it's, oh God, there's so many more I can ask. Okay. The first thing that we need to talk about though, is your next race because aren't you racing this weekend? I, I pulled out. Actually. Okay. You were yeah. supposed to run the six K championship when you were talking to us after the final lap. And I was amazed. I was like, good luck. But no more 6K championships. You're resetting towards the 5K. Yeah. I like sometimes I get a little ahead of myself. I've raced back to back before and it turns out fine. But like there was something about this race that was way more overwhelming, obviously. Um, I think just emotionally and mentally, I couldn't get myself to go back to the airport, <laughs> like do all that again. Like, my body needed a little bit of a rest. So, I mean, it hasn't even been a week. I hope you're taking as much rest as you need because July is not that far away. No, it's not. Yeah. I still, I really need to like reshift my focus now, you know, like put that behind. Um, Cause like sometimes that can happen. Like you hang on to a good race and then you start letting it slip and you're not even done with your season yet. Um, like, it feels like I just made it, you know, but like, I got to reshift my focus. And you're still going to compete at the US, USA's and the 5K. Is that still on the plan? Yes. Um, I do want to try to get top three there. Just like, just to see if I can do it. And I like the 5K a lot. Like, it's so much fun. Um, and then anything can happen. Um, so it's a lot less torturous than 10K, I feel like. So that was my next question was if you, you know, best case scenario, knock on wood, made both teams, which one would you pick at Worlds? Um, like, I... You actually might be able to do both. I think you can do both. Um, I think the girls who will go and both will go on both like who make it in both I mean um that's what they did last year so I I would love to seize the opportunity um but I I'll have to talk to my coach about that and just see like how everyone feels about it it's nice when you can get be able to double and yeah. get every the full entire experience what well, I may never make worlds again you know so like it it would be good to get the tank out of the way. And then there, I think there's like four or five days before the next um, first round. 
This isn't your first time making a USA team, but I have to say the uniforms this year are pretty good that they wore in Tokyo. So which one are you most excited to wear? Um, I'm so excited to wear the US uniform. Uh, I like the, the zip one. Um, I don't know, like, are there a couple different options or? I think there's a couple options, but I think there's some that might just be for sprinters. This information is coming from um, when I lived with Heather McLean. So the zip might be a sprinter only one. So you might have to write to USATF and say, hey, make sure you include those sprint ones in my, in my kit. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yes. I like all, I mean, it's such a cool uniform and uh, just to have USA like on my chest, is, it's going to be cool. <laughs> what was the first time? Was it a world cross team that you got to wear USA for the first time? <sighs> yes. Yes. Um, I also made the world half marathon that was in Spain, but I got that knee injury right before. So like I missed out on get, getting to wear the US uniform there. Um, so basically it was just that one time. And then uh, I think I wore a US kit at Edinburgh. Well, I hope it's just as special as the first time when you get your kit. It might feel more so special this time. I feel like it will feel more special because it's like for the track and um, I just feel like way more confident this time around. Well, I'm, I'm just honestly so excited and proud to see what you do. I think when I DM Natasha to come on the show, I said, it's just been amazing to see someone, you know, battle through and enjoy it and have, bring the confidence and just like someone I look up to as well. So I want to thank you for coming on. And my new last question to every guest, it's Uh stuck last time, but it's, what does being more than running mean to you? And we talked about this a little, so you can repeat yourself, but kind of what is more than running? More than running means to me, uh, let's see. I think you're your best runner, your best, you're going to perform your best when you're not solely identified through running and you have other things going for you. And um, that can even like putting yourself more into your relationships in your life and um, being able to compartmentalize running and avert your attention elsewhere. Um, You know, every day, like give some time to that. Um, It doesn't matter what it is. (laughs) Like, I feel like sometimes I feel like it has to be something super important, but like, it doesn't have to be that just like anything else that you can like pour a little bit more of yourself into. Um, strangely helps you to pour more back into running. So it's a crazy world. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. You can find Natasha on Instagram and at the U S five K I guess it's not the 5K championships, U.S. track and field championships coming up at the end of the month. I'll be there, hopefully racing, who knows, but with Sidious as well. So we'll be cheering you on again and hopefully see you back on our couch celebrating again. Yes, I will try to make that happen. (laughs) It's hot. It's steamy. Summer is upon us and nothing is more spicy hot 
than the track at Hayward Field. Everyone knows how much all of us in the Sidious Mag family love track and field. You saw it this past weekend at the Prefontaine Classic where Chris Chavez and I sat down and we tried to wrangle as many high-level world-class athletes as possible to sit down with us on our couch and give us the inside scoop on their stories. My favorite conversation that we had over the weekend was not only with the women at the 10K, but also with Allison DeSantos, a men's 400 meter hurdle athlete who is going to be competitively racing to try to get his world title. If you want to be a part of the summer of Hayward Field, join us. The USATF Outdoor Championship is the next competition on deck. And then, of course, the World Athletics Championship in Eugene in July. We'll be there and you should, too. Visit SidiousMag.com backslash the summer of Hayward for all the information on dates and tickets. And we hope to see you there. And if we do see you there, make sure you say hi. We love meeting members of the Sidious Mag listenership and family out in the wild. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of More Than Running. I have a small request for you guys this week. We're trying to grow the listenership of More Than Running to get these incredible stories about athletes who are not only competing at the world championship, but athletes who have taken unique and diverse paths to become the person that they are. So send an episode that you love of the More Than Running podcast to a friend to make sure we can keep growing the pod. Also, if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. Every single rating helps us boost up in those podcast charts. More Than Running is a Sidious Mag podcast and is edited and produced by Mike Zerlolo. I am very much feeling a sense of gratitude and joy in recording these episodes recently. And I can't wait to bring you more, more than running content this summer and beyond. Till next time.